0: It's
1: the last Bulls. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast for part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason, Pat, and Jason. We're talking about the Bulls coming off one of the most disappointing losses of the season. The Bulls were riding a three-game winning streak that included consecutive victories, essentially at the buzzer, when they took on... The Western Conference worst Houston Rockets at home on Monday night. Bulls looking for four in a row. They got a pretty tough schedule coming up. So it was really critical for them to like get some positive momentum going and start to claw their way back to 500. Jason, even a pretty good team wins this game, but the Chicago Bulls are not (laughs) a pretty good team. The Bulls lose to the Rockets 133-118 in a game that featured horrendous pick-and-roll defense, awful rebounding, terrible spacing, and just overall poor shot selection again. And the Bulls lose. The Bulls are now 14-19. The Bulls rank number uh, 21 in offense, they rank number 19 in defense, they rank number 24 in net rating. You put it all together, Jason, and the Bulls look like a team that kind of sucks. <laughs> it seems like every episode, Jason, we fluctuate from either eh, the Bulls aren't that bad or eh, the Bulls aren't that good. <laughs> right now, I think we can kind of definitively say. The Bulls are a sort of a bad team. Uh, you know, twenty-four in net rating. That's just a sign of a team that sucks, Jason. <laughs> Another sign of a team that sucks is a team that loses to the Houston Rockets at home by I think 15. three wins on the road all season before they came into the United Center, hit step back after step back to rip the Bulls' hearts out. Our dreams of a four-game winning streak. Went poof. And the Bulls lose because that's what the Bulls do this season. They lose. So, <laughs> Jace, did you watch the game? What did you think of the game? Because I watched every second. And honestly, besides for probably that Timberwolves game where they gave up 150 and, you know, maybe a couple others, like I think they got smoked against the Nuggets early in the season, if I remember correctly, that was kind of a bad performance. Yeah. But this was one of the worst games of the year. Just yeah. <clears> off. <throat>
2: Yeah, so uh, I was pulling some nice uh uncle duty for my nephew's three year old birthday, so I was not able to watch this game live. I was following on my phone though, uh, and just saw that it was just basically a crap crap from the start, and they gave up 30. 30- 36 points in the first quarter. I know they came back and were somehow leading uh, at halftime by one, but then just got blitz in the second half. He gave up 69 points in the second half. I mean, just look at some of these numbers from this game. Kevin Porter Jr., 36 points, 14 of 22 shooting, 6 to 12 from three. And he also had nine assists. He almost had a triple-double. Jalen Green, 24 points. He also had six threes. You got el I don't even know if I'm saying it. Is it Alperin Sengun? How do you say his name? Yeah, it's Sangun? close enough. Man. Close enough. He's out here looking like Nikola Jokic putting up 25-11 and 6 just bulls and like every bull starter was a double digit minus and plus minus and like that obviously i mean that this is a game where that does actually matter the bulls had one player in pl- a positive that it was kobe white who was somehow plus 17 in a 15 point loss actually kind of hilarious but i mean just a di- an absolute disaster uh in terms of obviously the defense another game where um Again, after that Timberwolves game, they gave up 150. I mean, this one's right up there. Not quite 150, but you're at home against this Rockets team that is, as you said, but cellar dwellers, they have talent. Like, the guys I just mentioned, talented young guys, and, like, sometimes they'll go off. But to just get get embarrassed like this, coming off a three-game winning streak, and, of course, like I tweeted after that, first of all, the Knicks game, which they, I mean, very exciting to win at the Garden, at the buzzer on DeMar DeRozan hitting a last-second shot. A game they had no business winning. A game where Jalen Brunson, as a ninety percent free throw shooter, misses just bricks two free throws badly. Quentin Grimes, another good shooter, also. But like the Knicks gave that game away. Credit to the Bulls for hitting some big shots to win it. But like the Bulls had no business winning that game either. Uh, but still, they do win that game. Three game winning streak, I tweeted right after it, and I said like, uh, you know, like it would be very Bulls to cut, to win these three games and then go and lose to the Rockets. But I don't even think they're that bad and annoying. It turns out they are that bad and that annoying because then they come out and deliver this huge stinker in one of their worst performances of the season. It's just like it was too predictable, I guess. But I honestly thought they were going to win this game. But like I, mean, I just shouldn't bet anything on this. I just I can't like you just can't really rely on them to do anything other than generally lose more games than they, than they win. And now they're 14 and 19. They could I mean they could eat again the Knicks they were lucky to win that game. It was a cool moment to see DeMar hit that shot after the IO game winner two in Atlanta. But yes, try to maybe like maybe you get some good vibes. There were some and see, like inc- maybe some improvements like Zach was playing pretty well. They had like the streak of like Zach, DeMar and Vooch like all had like three or four big games together. I think I think they went 20 each plus uh, like 20 points each in like three or four games in a row you have three wins three wins in a row it's like if you're going to make some hay here as you said with the schedule like getting pretty tough here you got to beat the houston rockets and you don't they're now three and eight i believe is the stat against teams under 500 like last year one thing we could count on the bulls was they were generally bum slayers i think they were something like 15 or 16 games over teams against teams over 500 against teams under 500 we just know they uh at the end of the year especially when they were playing that brutal schedule they were just getting smoked by good teams but like they still like took care of business all season against bad teams and now this year they're three and eight uh they've had some nice wins and like we'll see what they do against milwaukee like like with this stupid fucking team they're gonna go out and beat the milwaukee beat milwaukee again the bucks have not been playing well lately they're not gonna have Chris Middleton. like watch them go out and beat that beat them tomorrow Just because it's just they're a team that is just all over the place not clearly not very good, but it's like they can't sustain anything. They, they don't do anything particularly well. Uh Like in the defense, just not the, the defense has gone from a top 10 defense to like almost bottom 10. Thanks to some of these wretched performances over the last couple weeks. So, so it's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say they're bad. I mean, they are kind of bad when you're 24th in that rating. That's relative. That's pretty bad. Relatively. If you're bottom 10 in that rating, that's pretty bad. Like it still doesn't feel like they're that bad. But, I mean, you're 14-19, you're 24th in that rating. It's Certainly eight, that's 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 barely hanging on to mid at this point. Uh, and this with this upcoming stretch, like, I'm still convinced they're going to win, like, just enough games to kind of meander around here with where they're at. It's kind of, I said it on the recent podcast, they're just going to be the song and dance where they have nights where they look great and they're going to win enough games where they're just kind of like, where they look like they're going to end up between like something like thirty five and forty one wins, but who knows? Maybe coming up against this tough schedule, where they they have the Bucks tomorrow, they got the Cavs a couple times. I think they play the Sixers again soon. Here, got some tough games coming up. I mean, maybe they do just go in the tank here, but it just kind of feels like they're going to do the song and dance with hey, they have a few games here, they look pretty good, and then they lose, they go out and lose to bum teams. It's just, it's very frustrating. It's very annoying. Uh, it's still all kind of points to just needing to probably make some big changes. Um, but like the three-game winning streak, that's just a, you see that, and it's like, oh, maybe the like the Bulls are back, like maybe they don't need to do anything, like maybe this they'll be all right. And then you lose to the Rockets, and it's like, fuck that. And I think they finally broke Darnell Mayberry over to the Athletics uh, after last night's game. Wrote it's like this big three is cooked, they're done, changes need to be made. So like, uh, I mean, we're we're at what thirty-three games now. We're almost halfway through the season. You're five games under five hundred. Doesn't seem like it's really going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and it just sucks to watch. And like you said, the three-game winning streak, you could maybe talk yourself into they were turning the corner because Zach was playing better. And in December, Zach's numbers pretty good. Yep. He's putting up 23.8 points a game. He's shooting 51.6% from the field. He's making 40.5% of his threes, 80% of his free throws, four assists, 4.6 rebounds. Uh, turnovers are down a little bit, so thought, you know, Zach looked really good in that Knicks game. I thought that was probably the best game he's played all year. I know he put up 40-plus against the Kings earlier this year, but I thought that he looked phenomenal against the Knicks, uh, making threes, being able to get to the hoop. It seems like his rim finishing is really coming back. Uh, now he has been settling for mid range jumpers a little bit too often for my taste. And we've talked about this a lot. Like, yeah. That got the money because he's good shooting threes and he's good at the rim. I looked up his numbers via cleaning the glass in terms of his mid range uh, accuracy. And it's like 36 or 38% from mid range. So like he just has not been accurate enough from mid range this year. To me, you kind of got to cut that out. Uh, but you know, so, Zach started to get it going. Maybe you could talk yourself into like this team turning a corner, but in reality, the Bulls had been so unlucky in close games this season. I think they were three and 11 entering that game against Atlanta in clutch games, games decided by five points or less with five minutes remaining. Uh, I think really what happened is they just kind of regressed to the mean <laughs> in terms of their luck. In those close games, they beat Atlanta on a totally ridiculous play. (laughs) DeRozan airballs like a 17-foot baseline jumper. Io makes a great play to put himself in position for the game-winning putback. Uh, He inbounded that ball, had a hard cut to the basket. Ball goes right through John Collins' arms. Io scoops it up, puts it in, falls onto John Collins. (laughs) Whole team piles on top of him. It was great to see Io, who, of course, we both love, uh, get that moment. One of the top moments of his young career. So that was fun. And then against the Knicks, they missed four free throws in the last <laughs> minute. Quinton Grimes missed two. Uh, Brunson, who you said is normally money from the line. He missed two. After DeRozan got into his head, he whispered something in his he ear. He pulled the Scotty uh,
2: Pippen yeah, on him. He was, was all alone. alone. Yeah.
1: Mailman, don't deliver on Sundays. Yeah. And neither does Jalen Brunson. Uh, and that sets up DeRozan for the game winner. So you're thinking like, all right. Maybe this is starting to come together, but here's the thing: the Bulls have just been so like unfathomably bad in clutch situations that they were kind of just due to win a couple games on bullshit because they had lost <laughs> that's what, exactly what happened games on bullshit going the other way, and it happened for them. So uh I think that Houston game it was very sobering because it's just like, all right, this team sucks. Like <laughs> A team that sucks only loses that game. And I know Houston have been playing a little bit better lately. In their previous game, Luca had to hang 50 on them for the Mavs yeah. to beat Houston. Uh, but in general, like Houston had nine wins coming into that game. So Houston's been, you know, miserable the entire season. And what was so disappointing to me is it just seemed like the Bulls took them for granted. Like, they didn't get up for the game. They thought that they were going to coast their way to an easy win. And, like, here's the thing. They can't afford to do this. (laughs) Good teams can do that. The Bulls are not a good team. (laughs) They are, at best, an average team. And at this point, it's pretty hard to call them an average team. They kind of just suck. (laughs) And I was actually going to ask you, and then you brought it up. So uh, maybe you don't have an answer for it, because I'm not sure I do either. But, like, what do the Bulls do well? Where do they where do they thrive as a team? And it is very hard to even
2: identify one area where they're really good. Tamar DeRozan can shoot mid-range shots really well. Like, besides that, I mean, I'd have to look up go look at the numbers where we know they don't shoot threes very well, they don't shoot enough. Like rebounding, like you said, they got smoked, they lost on the glass yesterday, 45-35. They allow their defense has regressed in a big way. Like I guess when they have like Javante and Caruso, which who have not played, they're both dealing with injuries. Like those two guys, like ranked towards the top of the NBA deflections, they can get out and transition with like those guys, ca- turning defense into offense. Like that's one area where like they have made some hay. That's how that's like that, that kind of thing is how their defense was playing a lot better, but like, just yeah, as like a collective unit, they just like don't, if you have to go through all the stats, there's probably just like nothing, maybe they're good at free throw percentage. I was like, just
1: going to say, yeah. it's the one thing they're good they're at. They're top 81. five in free
2: throw six, percentage.
1: 81.6% from the line. They make their free throws, which important, but. But they don't even get, get there that a often. Team that makes their free throws would be good in close games, but the Bulls are just the worst ever
2: in close <laughs> So maybe yeah, it doesn't mean that. Yeah, I mean they're twenty fourth in free throw attempts per game, so it's not like they're even like putting that to like their huge advantage. So yeah, they are top five. I mean field goal percentage, they actually are. Fi- I mean they're they actually are fifth in field goal percentage. That's crazy to be fifth in field goal percentage, fifth in free throw percentage, but their offensive rating is whatever twenty first, as you said, because they don't shoot enough threes. They turn the ball over way too fucking much. Uh, actually, I don't even know if they turn it over that much. They actually they don't even turn over that much. Like that's kind of crazy. Like all these stats coming together. I mean, a, a big thing of it is they just don't shoot enough damn threes. Like, because there's so many teams that are kind of bunched together. You only make 10.7 three-pointers a game. That their percentage is not bad. Like they are a top 10 three-point percentage. They just don't take nearly enough. They're they are dead last in the NBA in three-point attempts at 29.1% per game, or 29.1 attempts per game, It's not enough. And that's how you can be shooting 48% from the field, 81% from the line, and still be a top or bottom 10 offensive rating team. And I don't think they probably have many offensive rebounds per game either. Uh, don't create many extra possessions. Nope, they are 26. They're, they're not particularly good at rebounding either, so it's just like... They do a few things okay, but it, like, isn't enough to make up for just the other declaring weaknesses. And then just being a crap team in clutch games. Like, if they were decent in clutch games, again, their record would be around, they'd be around 500 or maybe even a little better. But with the clutch luck, and that was the thing we were worried about. Like, DeMar has still been pretty good. I mean, he hit a game winner the other night, and they hit a game winner two games in a row. But, like, DeMar has taken a slight step back. Zach had a nice game in the clutch against the Hawks. He had a nice basket against the Knicks when they were down three after Julius Randle could not get an an easy rebound. That would have also sealed the game. But it's like with the clutch luck kind of flipping on its head, that has turned the team from last year. That was, that was whatever, 18 games over 500 at one point. They were, they were still better last when they had Lonzo, obviously, but like we were worried about the, the clutch stuff regressing. It has regressed and it's a big reason why, now they look like crap. And then now they're also just having some of these total dud games against bad teams. So bad in the clutch, not taking care of business against these meat against some of these bad teams. And that's how you get a team that's 14 and 19.
1: So we haven't really had a this conversation in a while. How are we evaluating the top boss, Arturus at this point in his tenure? He's a year and a half. Right? Or two and a half, two and a half years. They've been here two and a half now. Two and a half years uh, into his tenure, one and a half years into like this iteration of the team. Yeah. I think everyone can identify the things he's done well. Signing DeMar DeRozan, incredible signing. You could put DeMar DeRozan up there with Carlton Fisk, Andre Dawson, and Julius Peppers, and Marion Hosa is one of the best free agent signings and in John Lester sports history. Yeah, we have enough cups with 100. <laughs> DeRozan's been great. Yeah. Caruso, 4 years 40 million, brilliant move,
2: even with the injuries.
1: Just even the injuries was a fluke. To make sure the Lakers weren't going to match it. Yep. Lakers are cheap and deeply shameful as a franchise <laughs> for not valuing Caruso at that level. Uh so just identifying the Caruso was a really good player who was fit for a bigger role. That was brilliant. Yep uh Lonzo looked like a great move until it turns out he couldn't walk up a flight (laughs) of stairs three months after they got him but oh man so many so many things went wrong besides for besides for that the thing I've really been getting hung up on lately Jace is how could you not get better pick protections than top four I was thinking about this because I was looking at the Mavericks first round pick as a pick maybe the Bulls would want to acquire That uh, was traded to the Knicks in the Porzingis trade. It's top 10 protected. Imagine if Arturis could have got these picks top 10 protected. We might have one brand new Franz Wagner on the team (laughs) right now, and God, could the Bulls really use him? I mean, every team in the league could use Franz, but the Bulls could really use Franz. And then you would still have, likely, the pick this year, and that would just be a total game-changer, too, for, like... How you're approaching the future of the franchise. You know, maybe you don't have Dalen because uh, you know, that pick probably would have rolled over, but you know, who cares? Dalen hasn't really shown anything at this point. Uh, just like awful mismanagement of that vooch trade, of course. And, you know, there's a million other things you could point to. Uh, both, both, you know, mostly bad, but he got IO. That was a good move. I'm uh, other thing I'm getting mad about now, Jace, is like the end of this bench. Why the <laughs> fuck is Tony Bradley and why the hell is Marco on this team? I don't bang- do anything. I've been banging. They, they have the easiest jobs in America, Jason.
2: It's unbelievable. I've been, bang- I have been banging that drum for a long time. Going back to last season, I the Marco thing, I do not understand it. Uh, And obviously this is small stuff and like ultimately big picture, like the bulls best players aren't good enough to be like a contender, but like because of that, like it would be nice to get some of the smaller moves done, right? Especially on a team that has no shooting. And and just the Marco thing makes no sense. And I've mentioned this before. Just like, why did he get guaranteed money? Like they're treating him like a two way still for a second consecutive year. Like why isn't he on a two-way contract? Why did he get a guaranteed contract? Like, what favor? Like what? Like do they like? He, he's he's still just playing in the G League. They play him. He plays like every G League game still, and it's like not that. Like yeah. So that's just weird. And, and Brad I mean, they have that's four centers. They have Vooch. They have Drummond. They have Tony Bradley. And then they have Marco as basically like a glorified two way player on this and for a roster that can't shoot for shit. Like why is that even a thing? You would like to be able to cycle some of the end of that more. Uh I mean, I told you, I, I mean, I questioned as much as I like it. I mean, having Javante's around, around has been great. Derek Jones Jr. has had some nice like, nice, nice moments. But again, redundance, redundancies on the roster, do, not done enough to to address some of the problems. And some of that could be on ownership as well, not wanting to go in the luxury tax and all that stuff. Uh, so like, in terms of going back to like, how do you evaluate the AK thing, Like, obviously the Voods trade, you question that in the moment. I was excited about it when it happened, because it just seemed like it, I was just sick of the Bulls just going nowhere and just sucking. So I was like, all right, like Vucha was averaging like 25 and 12 at the time. So like actually, like, whatever, being aggressive and trying to make a move. You, like I said, you questioned the how much they gave up at, at the time, and now at this point, like, I think protecting the top four for that first one, that's fine, whatever. Magic get a, one first round pick, that should definitely be, like, that will generally, will probably convey, that's fine. The second one, whatever three, two or three years out, whatever of that trade, probably should have had some wider protections. The fact that they gave up all that and now Vooch and Vooch is like still fine. Like, he's a fine player. He's he's had some really good shooting percentages, but like clearly just not the best fit for the, this entire roster. That trade is not looking very good, obviously in hindsight. And then I mean other otherwise like the Patrick Williams pick, uh Pat. Is I feel like he's just kind of settled into like he's fine. He's I mean he's not doing the offensive development is just not there. I think he's becoming a nice defensive player. His shooting percentages are solid. We know he's a decent three. Like I think he got up five or six threes last game. He took ten shots and get twelve points on ten shots, and he took six threes. That's better. Get those threes up. I mean the offensive development right now it's just, it's just not happening. Like I feel like every game he's at like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve points. He's like in that range. Like every fucking game. So it's just like, whatever. He's just kind of there. He's fine. Maybe he'll end up getting better at some point, but like they identified Patrick Williams. He was like a late riser. They clearly so I mean, you can question, question that when they needed a point guard, they could have drafted Tyrese Halliburton. Obviously we can play this game a lot, but they 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 identified him. They made him, they, he shot up the draft boards late. They clearly really liked him. They have in their evaluation of him as one, as a top four player in that draft you can question whether that was the right pick for sure dale and terry we'll see uh another guy who just went on a roster again you don't don't always want to pick for need but like on a roster that you're trying to win now and you could use more shooting they pick a raw athlete uh who can't really play right now he got a few minutes against uh against the rockets yesterday but like he just doesn't really know how to play and be a basketball right now he's just kind of He's he's aggressive. And I think one day, like the energy and like he's a good vibes guy, but like he's not ready to play real NBA minutes right now. I just can't do it. So, like, so the IO pick in the second round is good. IO's been, I think, just kind of disappointing this year. Uh, But still, as a second round pick, he's solid. That's fine. And then, yeah, the end of the roster stuff hasn't been great. I mean, like, this looking at these offseason signings, Drummond's been fine. He's Dragic has been fine. They've kind of tailed off after that awesome start they had. But for like the continuity thing, and like just adding those two guys and bringing back Jones like they clearly—I mean, we talked—but they didn't do enough this off season. Like Drummond and Dragus were fine signings, and they're kind of and they're being and they're playing out fine, but like not enough. I do want to know, like, what did they know about this Lonzo injury? Like, if they if they like had any inkling that this was going to be a really long term thing, like going like he's going to miss possibly all season, like. Why did they not do more to try to get a better point guard? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, should they have gone after a guy like Mike Conley or something like that? Just a, not go like Dragic is fine, but as a fit 10 to 15 minute play, guard. should they, did they have any idea this was coming with Lonzo? Should they have been more aggressive trying to get a better point guard in here instead of just relying on internal development and continuity? I don't know. You could argue, you could argue that. And also... <clears throat> I drunkenly tweeted that AK was a fraud when they lost that Timberwolves game. I don't know if I'd actually go that far, but like part of it <laughs> is also just like, I would lo- not that he actually, actually ever says anything when he does his press conferences, but like I would like to see him speak. And I mean, and Pax and Gar Pax were the same way. They never talk to the media. And again, sometimes guys ownership and management, they talk to the media too much. I mean, like I always see, I see Jerry Jones, like talking to the fucking media literally every day. He's on the radio. He's talking to somebody and, like, that's a bit much, especially for an owner, but, like, the Reinsdorfs that barely talk to anybody, the owner, like, the guard packs never talked to anybody, AK never talks to anybody, ever, it's just, like, especially when these things are going, like, I would love to just get, like, something from these guys, some type of accountability, because, like, they're bad, the Lonzo situation is fucked, and these, we don't hear anything from these guys, like, they've, they tried out Billy Donovan to give some, like, half-ass update at Lonzo Ball, like, maybe the maybe the executives should come out here and like give like say what's going on here and address what's going on with this team when it's going belly up like we'll just love to see even though like whatever he's probably not he's going to speak in whatever clichés and bullshit but at least give me something and we haven't gotten anything he never talks he doesn't do anything uh so that's just another it's just, it's just kind of annoying
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate
1: Will be what he does from here. Uh he has he did, you know,
2: made some good moves. Some things didn't work out the way he yeah, wanted. Not all me. his fault. Not all his fault. I, I applaud him for trying to go for it. Like he, people complain about what whatever they made the moves last offseason, like, oh well, they're doing all this to like be like a first round team, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, they had to do something to try. Like, if they weren't gonna blow it up again or whatever, start over again when he took over and they make the vooch trade. You got to try to do something and try to win now. And the moves he made, again, signing Demar, great, Caruso, great. Lonzo was a great move, except he just can't fucking stand the court. Like I theoretically like turning them into like a fun mid forty, mid to high forties, maybe fifty win team could have been a nice stepping stone to like maybe they end up and they get someone better, and maybe they do become a team that goes deeper in the playoffs. Just that Lonzo is fucked. <laughs> And it's just, like, not, and it's just not working. Not all his fault. And the, the, and some of the, again, as I mentioned, just rambled on about it. some of these other more and uh, side, secondary moves just aren't working out. I'll let you get back to that now. So, yeah, you know,
1: mixed <laughs> bag, not all his fault, some bad luck, had a plan, didn't work, whatever, fucked up horribly on the margins. But really, like, how good is Arturus? To me, will be determined by, like, what he does from here. Because you have an opportunity to sell high on DeMar DeRozan, or you can re sign him and you can hope he can continue to give you the same level of play he's given you for the last season and a half. A good organization pays for future performance, not for past performance. And I'm not saying that DeMar's definitely going to totally fall off, his game seems like it's going to age pretty damn well. Certainly, he's earned a raise. There's no doubt about that. He's on one of the most team-friendly contracts in the NBA. But also, if there's ever a t- been a time to sell, <laughs> this is probably it. And I'm going to say same thing for Caruso. Caruso is just an uh, injury waiting to happen every time he takes the floor. I love Caruso. Anyone who watches Alex Caruso has a strong affinity for him. The guy maximizes every ounce of talent in his body, In his almost superhuman at times with the way he impacts the game defensively. He's also someone who I think would have a very wide trade market, plenty of suitors for Alex Caruso. He got him under contract for two more years at $10 million a year. Uh, You could try to keep him. try to, you know, hopefully this thing somehow magically turns around. I'm just going to tell you, Jason, it seems really hard to believe the Bulls are Alonzo ball away from being an Eastern conference contender at this point. So, kind of think the best move would be to trade Alex Caruso. Then you got Vooch. The Vooch trade is unquestionably one of the worst trades in Bulls history. (laughs) The Bulls once traded uh, Doug McDermott and Taj Gibson for Cameron Payne. That was a dog shit trade. (laughs) They once did a pick swap that basically sent out Lamarcus Aldridge for Tyrus Thomas. That was a bad trade.
2: I mean, the first Doug McDermott trade to actually draft Doug McDermott.
1: Horrible. Very that bad. Was a horrible trade. Uh, the Jimmy Butler trade. We started this <laughs> podcast because the Jimmy Butler trade was so bad. We really did. That was a bad trade. Uh, Elton Brand for Tyson Chandler. Not a great trade. How about Ron Artest and Brad Miller for Jalen Rose? <laughs> <laughs> Not a good trade. The Vooch trade is as bad or worse than all of those trades. Vooch is on an expiring contract. Maybe you could re-sign him. Also, why? Who cares? Where is this going? Fucking trade him. So, Karnaschovas, he can, like, say at this point, oh, you know, I had bad luck with this, yada, yada, yada. It didn't work out. Not all my fault. All right, dude, fine. But salvage this shit. Because right now, this is going nowhere. In what I ultimately think of you as an executive will be determined from today until the trade deadline. And honestly, make these moves sooner rather than later, because the longer you hang on to this, uh, you know, your record and your chances of keeping that top four protected pick are just going to dwindle. So that's the rant I had in me for today. Yeah. AK, you got to know when to pivot. I think this is the time to pivot. Uh, I guess the flip side of it is maybe they make the play in tournament because the Raptors, I mean, the Raptors are better than the Bulls. I think that that's like not even a question to me personally. I know that the Raptors haven't had a great year. They might, might start to sell too. But like, I look at this and I'm like, maybe the Pacers drop out of the playing picture and the Bulls
2: come in, but like, if they I think the Bulls could easily, yeah. I think the Bulls could easily make the plan. I mean, right now, we're looking, let's look at the standings right now. I mean, they're a half game behind the Raptors. Uh, he, I keep waiting for the Raptors to start playing better, but they also just kind of, I mean, I guess they do have a positive point differential, but they're three and seven in their last 10. Nick Nurse is running the, these guys into the ground. I'm pretty sure Raptors fans are sick of Nick Nurse. Uh, other than that, though, like Indiana's still hanging on over 500. Uh, did the Knicks actually beat the Hawks? Oh my god, they went to overtime. The Knicks fucking blew another late game. Well, they're in overtime against Stalin. Either way, the Hawks kind of suck too. They're 17 and 17. The Heat kind of suck. They've been meandering about. So, like, that's why like they went, they go on this winning streak, and then I feel like it like t- it talks you into them, like whatever, coming like back into play the play in. And again, also, I think when you talk about the flip side and about the playing tournament, I think a lot of it, and which I've said before, we've talked about before is what does ownership think we can say whatever AK might want to pivot. What if ownership does not want to pivot and they don't give the go ahead with that, which would mean AK can quit. He can go fire himself. Ricky thoughts. When AK
1: got the job, I wrote a thing that said the biggest thing Arturus has to do in Solves. this position is advocate for himself.
2: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: So here's the thing: the Reinsdorfs, Do the Reinsdorfs know ball? Tracy, <laughs> you say Michael Reinsdorf knows ball? Fuck no, he doesn't know ball. <laughs> really he doesn't know shit. He's a kid of a billionaire. He's never worked a day in his life. He's got a silver spoon in his mouth. Michael Reinsdorf does not know ball at <laughs> all. He should trust Arturus, whom he hired, to make the basketball decisions. I so, would hope. Arturus, do what you want to do, and do not care what the Reinsdorff say. And the point I was trying to make is like, even the best case scenario for this team, I guess they get into the play in tournament. They win two games. They make the playoffs and they get slaughtered by the bucks or the Celtics. Uh, That best case scenario is still not that good. (laughs) And even if you magically get a 100% healthy Lonzo ball for next season, which by the way, Jason, probably not going to happen. I mean, almost definitely not gonna happen.
2: He admitted it's not gonna happen. He's he said he's gonna probably have pain for like the rest of his life, and it's about pain management. So sad. It's very, yeah. very
1: sad. Uh even in that scenario, their outlook still is not rosy at all because they have no cap space, no draft picks, and not too many guys the rest of the league probably wants to trade for. Zach Levine's only getting more expensive and his production's only dropping. Vooch, you got to make a decision on him. If they don't agree to a contract with Vooch, then where are they going? But even if they do agree to a contract with Vooch, where are you going? Because this team needs to get better, not to stay the same. So, AK, Eversley, pivot. Like, Make your mark on this team one way or another, because doing nothing, which you did at the trade deadline last year, and which set the course for all this horseshit that happened since when they didn't do anything at the trade deadline last year, uh, they got to do something this year. Sitting still, doing nothing, to me, is not an option. And I love DeMar,
2: but, uh,
1: man, it would be tough not to sell high on him. I mean, you got to listen to offers, see what the best offer is. We'll never know what those best offers are. Same thing with Caruso. If you could get a good young player in a first-rounder for Caruso or two first-rounders for Caruso... That would be very tempting. And just in general, uh Arturis, like, your value as an executive <clears> will be determined between now and the trade deadline. And you gotta save face somehow, bro. Because this team you built is going nowhere. And you gotta change it up because you don't have any draft picks and you don't have any cap space. So fucking figure something out, <laughs> dude. Because this shit sucks.
2: <laughs> you yeah. We've got to do something. Fine words of uh, Aldis, Aldis Snow and Infant Sorrow. We've got to do something. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they got to do something because they haven't done anything, really, since they made their big moves. They make their big moves two off seasons ago. And then you go a full season with your addition is Tristan Thompson. They're big additions in the last whatever year and a half. Tristan Thompson and Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. When you're trying to win, like, they're just like not it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. So you're like not trying hard enough to win, but your team is also not good enough. So it's like what are you doing? They've got to do something whether whether it's a full pivot, a hard pivot into a blow blow it up which we have we advocated for last week. The 3 game winning streak should not really change that, especially when you go out and lose to the Rockets. If they don't actually want to do a full pivot, you still got to do something else. Trade Vooch. He's an expiring... I mean just like it would be absolutely shocking if they go through this year and like whatever say they get in the play in tournament whatever say like your best case scenario of getting in the play in tournament um whatever and then you get smoked in the first round like could like what would they just would they would they really bring the band back together again and be like well we're getting Lonzo back so like it's going to be all right like would they seriously try to do that and not like make any major changes to like the core of the team like that being absolutely bonkers you can't do that for a team that just hasn't gone anywhere and shown like any strides towards improvement, especially with, with Vooch getting older to getting older. I mean, that would just be crazy. You got to do something with this core. you got to shake it up and tell, or at least make some type of notable changes. So yeah. So like, even if they don't want to go full, full hog into like a, another rebuild and a, like a full blow it up, which again, we have said, we have mentioned they should, they could do that. That we'd be very open to them doing that at this point, even though I don't really, I, I hate the rebuild game. and I don't want to go through another one. Like, if they can find these deals, look at, make look into it. There's something out there. Make it happen. Sell high if you can, and try to build this thing up from the ground. See that. Let's see your supposed draft prowess, and do your do your job. In the words of Tom fucking dibido Dib, do your job, AK, and figure this shit out. As you said, uh, yeah. Just if they are, if they if we're gonna have to watch this full season of them doing just this, this song and dance, where they just are kind of meandering about around and like end up with like 35 to 40 wins or some shit like i'm mean, not just and what if they get in the in with whatever like in the 30 some wins like who gives a shit and like you said maybe they win a couple games and then they get smoked i mean that's just not interesting that's not exciting and that doesn't even match that doesn't match up to what their stated goals were at the start of the year was well we went to the first round last year we have to go further than that this year so if you didn't the season's a failure so you obviously you, you can't just go you can't just keep doing the same thing here when it's clearly just not working. So, yeah, we've got to do something here, Bulls. So, so Jace, out, when you go and do it, when you tweet
1: out this episode, make sure you say, you know, this is an explicit listen, just because we might have some parents listening in the car with their kids. <laughs> People have gotten on us in the past for swearing. We swore a lot in this episode. So <laughs> if you didn't like that. I'm sorry. Jason and I get a little fired up about the Bulls sometimes. That's why we started the podcast. And it's pretty tough to be a Bulls fan right now because they're bad. And we thought we were over the part of our fandom where we had to watch a bad team every night. (laughs) We thought that that died with Jim Boylan. But it didn't. The Bulls are still bad because only a bad team would lose that game to the Houston Rockets. The Bulls lost the
2: game. Because they're bad, and they didn't not only lost it, they got blown out and gave up 133 (laughs) points. So fun times. Um, You got anything else?
1: We could probably wrap it up here, right? Well, the only other thing I want to talk about here is the upcoming schedule as we end 2022 here. So as we end 2022, home against the Bucks. That's on Wednesday night. Home against the Detroit Pistons. That's on Friday night. Home against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Saturday. Then you're on the road against the Cavs to open up January, home against the Nets, on the road against the Sixers, home against the Jazz, on the road against the Celtics. Wow, that is a really tough stretch for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. After that, maybe a little bit easier. You got the Wiz, you got the Thunder, the Warriors, the Pistons, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Hornets, the Magic. All right, January schedule looks a little bit easier, but man, we said the same thing about December. The Bulls (laughs) went out, and they lost to a bunch of teams they could have beat, including the Timberwolves, including the Rockets, Uh, you know? So, honestly, they had a golden opportunity for a four-game winning streak to make this game against the Bucks interesting, and instead the Bulls reminded us that they are who we thought they were in the immortal words of Denny green. <laughs> and that is a kind of bad team. Jace that does it for me. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, so that's upcoming schedule. I mean, like I said, you said eight games there. They're going to fu- some, I th- still think they're going to somehow find a way to win three or four of those, uh, for whatever God forsaken reason. Then you got that easy schedule, but they haven't beaten easy teams. They're three and eight against under 500 teams. So who there's really nothing I can't, I'm not going to, I'm done predicting this team. Uh, We'll see as we move from 22 into 2023. It's certainly been a eventful 2022, I guess, for the Bulls. Uh, it started, I guess, pretty terribly with, I mean, that January 14th game that I was at against the Warriors, where Zach got hurt and Lonzo got hurt. Lonzo has not played since that game. The Bulls lost the game by 40. Spent 200 on that ticket, and it was miserable. But <laughs> since then, we saw some sick Demar stuff. Uh, and then the season, we saw some playoff games for the first time in a while. I was also at that game three bucks playoff game where they lost by like 40. That was also fucking miserable. Sorry. I swore again, but, uh, it's been eventful. We're moving into 2023. As we move into 2023 bulls fans, again, we just implore the front office to do something. Hopefully there are brighter days ahead, whatever, wherever form that comes in. If it's going into blow up mode, getting some draft picks and trying to go young again, or whether they make moves to some, or they somehow turn things around and make other moves to make them better in 20 to 30, who knows? We'll see. But, uh, that's it. That's been, uh, we, I don't think we're going to be back for another pod for this year. So that's going to do it for us here, uh, for 2022, here at cash considerations. Obviously the bulls still have a couple games left, uh, before they go into 22, maybe, maybe they'll turn, maybe they'll get lucky and they'll have another few more game winners, going into the new year like they did last year although we just saw them have a couple game winners so that's gonna do it for us here on this episode and for 2022 at cash considerations h Cobbles podcast as always shout out to the blue iron network if you like what we're doing here at cash uh, please go check out some other great pods all across the network as well um for us here please rate and review us give us those five star ratings we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, all those good places you can follow me on twitter I'm at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SPN underscore Ricky. So again, happy new year. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. Happy holidays. All that fun stuff. New year coming up in a few few days. Happy new year. All the Bulls fans out there. And hopefully 2023 will bring some brighter days because 2022 is, as of right now, it's ending on a not so great note for your Chicago Bulls. Hopefully things change. We've got to do something. 2023 Bulls. Take it easy.